Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you got me. Now look at that guy. You only fuck that. Black D. This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. It is Wednesday, March 25th, 2015. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jake Cat Marks, as always. Uh, listen, man, I got a lot to talk about tonight. I got some stuff I, I plan on going off a little bit tonight. Um, later on in the show, I will also be reviewing Jersey All Pros Awaken, which I had the privilege of um, doing ringside photography for. So I'm going to go over, you know, my whole experience there, and I'll review the show, you know, top to bottom, and, uh, you know, a lot more, you know, uh, concerning that. Uh, it was it was awesome. I'll just preface it with that. Um, but um, a lot of different things to talk about tonight. Um, first things first, uh, just tonight definitely hit it up in the gym. I did arms tonight, and... Um, this fucking like jock dick radio fucking so I did arms tonight anyway, bro. It's like no, <laughs> but anyway. Um, all the only reason I'm even bringing it up is because um, uh, I did something different tonight. I saw it online yesterday or something like that, and it was um, 
and I'm sure, you know, it's nothing new to a lot of people out there, but to me it was. Uh, anyone who's heard of 21s with the curls, um, the old method of 21s um, that, you know, most people would know is you do um, seven reps. And um, some people start at the bottom, some people start at the top. But and some people use, you know, a friend puts their fist in the other dude's chest type thing. And some just, you know, you can eyeball it. Um, so basically, say you're starting from the top, um, you would come down halfway seven times. Then after that, you go down to the bottom and come up halfway seven times. And then you would do full reps all the way up, all the way down seven times. And that would be your um, your 21s. Um, well, I saw something on, I don't know what the fuck it was on, but uh, was the new, new 21s or a different way of doing 21s or whatever. So I figured I'd try it. And um, what it is is you're doing full reps every time. You're not doing, the, you know, half up, half down any of that, but what you're doing is you're starting off with lightweight. Um, uh, what did I start off with? Um, I think I started off with a 30, 30-pound 30 barbell. And um, you do full reps, but on the way down, and you're going to do seven just like before. Uh, on the way down, you're going to come down really slow. You're going to count out seven, seven seconds coming down so where normally you just you know hit it up bring it down now you're bringing it down slower than you're bringing it up you know what i'm saying so and you're going to what you're going to do too is you're going to do the first set wide grip like as you know as far out as you could you know the, the wide grips um you know if you have that that curved barbell you should have three sets of grips um on the wide grips, do your seven that way again. Seven, seven reps, but every time come down and count seven seconds before you get it all the way down. And then after you did seven of that, bring it into the one closer grip. So now you're at a medium grip. Same thing. Up, down for seven seconds. Do that, you know, seven, seven reps there. Then do the close grips and same deal. Boom. So do that. And then I would go and I'd grab another bar that was another 10 pounds up. And um, I went from, you know, the 30s all the way up to um, 70 is where I, I stopped. Um, by the time I hit 70, I was doing five reps on each, you know what I mean, because it got a little harder. And, you you know, you'll bring it down to like five seconds or something on your, you know, on coming down. And then I went over and did the, um, you know, with the, you know, the preacher curl set up, I was doing them, you know, with, with heavier weights there after I was done with those 21. So you figure I went up from 30 to 40 to 50 to 60, you know what I mean, all the way up until I hit 70. So that's a lot of fucking sets. And I don't know. I, I, I know my my shit was feeling it. So, you know, it's something different to try, I mean, if you haven't already. And, um, you know, a lot of people will tell you, like, that's that's the key to you know, uh, good workouts is doing different shit. You know what I mean? Just something you're not used to at this time. It's not like you're going to do that every time in the gym, but if, you know, you, you're not used to doing that, you do that, you'll probably benefit from it. And then next time do some other shit, you know, I mean, whatever, 
whatever works. But um, so yeah, those are good. Um, man, I, I had uh, touched on it last week, but uh, yeah, this TV's off the fucking chain. Uh, the Vizio uh, 50 inch 4K Ultra HD joint, and um, it, it's crazy. And I uh, right now I got on the TV um, because I also got Netflix for the first time. Is doing all sorts of new shit, and um, the you know there's like a section on the Netflix that you can get uh you know the the Ultra HD shit, which they don't have a whole lot on there, but um you know just for some background shit, uh it's like visual art or, or something like that it says, and I have the Oceans one on now, and it looks like there's 50 inches of the ocean going on on the right side of my my room right now. Um, shit is so crisp, it's crazy as hell. Um, that was one of the first things I did when I got it is I put on like a, you know, Discovery Channel or whatever and start showing jungles and birds and shit. And, um, it shit just looks so lifelike, it's ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I'm loving this shit. I cannot wait to watch, uh, some NFL football, which is joint. Um, speaking of NFL football, I, I touched on it a little bit, but not too, too much because, um, you know, I had John Dahmer on, and, um, you know, I I was pretty busy with my past shows. But a um, lot going on in NFL football, man. We just had uh, Chris Borland retire on us, too, which that guy was going to be the next Patrick Willis. That guy was the next in line to Patrick Willis's spot. He led the team in tackles every single week that he filled in for Patrick Willis. Um, and, you know, I know it sounds crazy to just say a guy's going to be the next Patrick Willis, but this guy had it. He had the awareness. He had the movement. He had um, that strength of just hard hitting. Maybe he wasn't the size of Patrick Willis, but the dude hit hard as hell. Um, you can go back and there's, I think it might even been from his high school, but there's a clip online you can watch and the dude does like a sunset flip tackle on a dude. Like he dives over the line, grabs dude and more or less like sunset flip, kind of like blockbuster type shit. Like the dude is just, he's intense, but you know, he had a, a crazy, crazy rookie year, um, he was a candidate for defensive rookie of the year. He didn't get it, but candidate and um the the fucking guy retired decided that he's worried about long-term head injuries and just fucking hung it up he gave back um whatever it is 75 percent of his signing bonus and everything just fucking just try to hey man fucking i'm all i'm all set see you later guys and um you know i mean a lot of people are giving him praise for doing a responsible thing and shit like that um you know i'm I'm not going to be a dickhead about it, but, you know, obviously as a Niner fan, I'm not too happy because uh, this guy was the one reason why you wouldn't even panic losing a guy like Patrick Willis to retirement was you have this fucking, you have this rising star, this next next big thing, so to speak, and, uh, in, in Chris Borland. So, um, yeah, that's that's fucking terrible. You know, and um, it is what it is. You know, we'll find a way. Um, I, I still think with Darnell Dockett being added to our defensive line, um, Alden Smith actually playing a full year, um, we got a couple things going on. You know, we really do. And, uh, I mean, 
Antoine Bethea played a great, great year last year at safety. Um, if we get a healthy year out of him and uh, and Eric Reed at safety, we're strong as hell. Uh, defensive line should be beast. I'm still not sure if uh, Justin Smith's going to be back or not. But either way, um, I mean, he's he's an absolute uh, asset to our offense, our defensive line. You know, he's a veteran. Uh, if anything, you know, we get one more year out of him. If we don't, you know, it is what it is. Uh, on the offensive side of things, you know, well, we lost Frank Gore. I mean, that's, that's another absolute veteran. But, you know, Carlos Hyde played a great year last year. This will be his opportunity to step up and be primary back. Uh, plus, who knows what we're going to do in the draft. we got a bunch of picks. Um, and we signed Reggie Bush, which I think completely opens our offense up. If we could start running the screen pass and doing some things there with him, um, it could it can open the long ball, too. Because if you got to worry about the screen pass, the short drop-off, which is something that's been absent from the Niner offense for a long time, um, if it opens that up, then you got the long field option of also newly signed Torrey Smith. Reuniting with Anquan Bolden, which in my opinion is our number one wide receiver, Anquan Bolden. Um, if we got Vernon Davis back, everything's looking like we're going to. If he plays at the, you know, the uh, peak of his performance like he did two years ago, um, we're, we're still talking a very, very dangerous offense. Uh, I know some of our familiar faces are gone. You know, and some of our uh, big names and guys that we were so used to and really staked our name on are gone. But let's not get it fucked up either, man. We missed the playoffs last year. Fucking 8-8 eight and eight team. All we can do from here is go up. And a lot of people are shitting on us and trying to say that we're going to be worse than 8-8, eight and eight, but I, I would bet anybody who says that. Anybody who I could trust their money, I'd bet them. We're going to be better than 8-8 eight and eight by far. I, I think we make the playoffs. Um, You know, and if... if it doesn't help for motivation. I don't know what does, but uh, the Super Bowl is in our fucking house. So uh, a lot of big things to be proven. New coaching staff, full new coaching staff. I I have really, really high expectations from our team. I know, like I said, a lot of people are thinking down on us because guy's gone, that guy's gone, this guy. When you look at the foundation of our team, man, we have it there. And, you know, we put a lot of big other pieces in play, too. So, um, like I said, we'll see how the draft shakes out. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to watching football on this fucking TV. Like, I want that shit to start, like, right now. But I'm also anticipating the summer with all my races. So, I know when football season starts, my racing season is ending. So, one thing at a time. Um you know, going forward towards that, man, fucking it's only a couple weeks out, April 11th or 18th, 18th, I think. I mean, Jesus Christ, I lose track of shit, man. I uh, got so much going on. Yeah, April 18th is my Spartan Beast, and I, I'm very, very excited for that. It's going to be fantastic. So um, that, that's the beginning of my race season. We just we just go forward from there. Um. What else? I, I know I had tons of shit. I'm all over the place. Um, big, big tragedy happened in um, – actually, let me let me finish up in the NFL thing. <laughs> no, because uh, I don't want to jump around too, too much, even though I'm, I'm bound to with my uh, lack of attention span. Um, the Eagles uh, go from the team I love in the Niners to a team I hate in the Eagles. Um, the Eagles, a lot of uh, criticism has come across. 
their table with uh, Chip Kelly getting rid of pretty much everyone they knew. Um, Jeremy Macklin gone. Um, Shady McCoy gone. Um, Nick Foles gone. Um, they bring in Bradford, which was a very, very um, questionable decision. What do they do? Why are they doing this? He's injury prone. Foles was our guy two years ago. They were calling him the next coming. And then it was all, um, all you know, every, everybody kind of kept it quiet because they bring in the the league-leading rusher from the rival Dallas Cowboys and Murray. Um, these guys were, were uh, college roommates. And, uh, hey, man. I think they're doing big things. And if um, who they got for Shady McCoy winds up being a beast over there, watch the fuck out. Watch out, man. Um, You know, they expect big things out of him. They get rid of their running back for what a lot of people would think. It's nothing because the guy missed last year, Kiko did. And uh, if he becomes a huge defensive asset, and then on the other side of the field, you have the league-leading rusher, at least he was last year, Come on, man. And, you know, all all eyes are on um, are, are on uh, that dude right there because fucking rival Dallas Cowboys lose their back. I mean, that that's crazy. You know, they were one second from getting Frank Gore, and now it turns around and they got this young fucking, uh, you know, running back who set the world on fire last year for Dallas. So, man, I, I think uh, the people who criticize them aren't going to have a lot to criticize as the season goes on. Um, I think they have a lot of upside, and I don't like saying that because I do hate the fucking Eagles. So, uh, you know, very exciting season coming up. There's a lot of different things that are going to, um, you know, be shook up on different off-season moves. So, I'm looking forward to it, man. I love football season. Um, anyway, um like I was starting to say, a uh, terrible, terrible tragedy happened in, um, I believe, AAA. And uh, Harold Aguayo passed away in the ring. Now, admittedly, I am not uh, I'm not knowledgeable on AAA. I didn't know of Harold Aguayo's work. Um, so this isn't going to be, you know, some stirring tribute Riker reflect on all the different things I loved about the guy. But what I can say is it's a tragedy because anybody of that age, you know, to lose their life, and anybody, you know, to lose their life, you know, doing, you know, performing, I mean, it's just, it's a very, very sad situation. And, uh, you know, you hate to see something like that because, uh, I mean, (laughs) you don't really need a reason. Um, It's just a terrible thing. And, you know, stemming off of that, and you got to worry, you know, the guy's family and everything else, not only that, the guys that were in the ring with him, uh, Extreme Tiger, I believe, was uh, was in there. Also, um, Ray Mysterio Jr. and Manic, who is um, uh, TJ Perkins. So, you know, there were some things that happened in the match. A lot of things are being steered towards Ray Mysterio right now, and... Um, there, there's people saying, you know, oh, Rey Mysterio killed Paraguayo, which is fucking horrendous. Um, anything accidental that happens in the match, 
to be stemmed like he, you know, broke into the guy's house and shot him in, in the face is um, is just hideous. I mean, that's just a terrible, terrible uh, image to put on, on a situation like that, you know? Um, I mean, when it comes down to it, if you watch the video and the this and that, um, from what it seems like, the accident didn't stem from something Ray did, but I, I really don't think that this is the type of thing that we need to place blame and, and um, you know, figure out whose fault it is or anything like that. Wrestling is a dangerous, and, you know, these guys are taking risks every time out there. I mean, on the simplest things, straight up. I mean, you're taking, you know, a lot of force to the head and neck. You know, every time someone bumps, they say it's uh, equivalent to, I think, a 30-mile-an-hour car crash or some shit like this. So, I mean there's huge risk in, in professional wrestling. I mean, it's a, it's a very, very physical sport. And, um, these guys are taking tremendous risks. Um, so, I mean, that, that's just the bottom line of it. So I don't like when it's getting painted in a situation where they're trying to bury a guy and say that this guy killed someone. That's insane. Absolutely fucking insane. And, and you know, the thing, um, thing I have a problem with too is um and yeah you know, I'm not gonna segue from this to the other thing like I, I had written uh on my Facebook because I'll I'll touch on that when I get into the Jersey All Pro thing about the, the new Chris Dickinson drama that people want to talk about. But people go out of their way to bash people and call people unprofessional and um figure out what's right and what's wrong. As I was saying, to paint someone as a murderer when an accidental situation happened in the ring and, you know, put a negative spin on it as if there was something purposeful done or even reckless. I mean, even to paint a guy like Rey Mysterio as a reckless worker it is absolutely fucking crazy. And that in itself is unprofessional, especially when it's being done by people who are in the business. And, you know, one person in specific, uh, New Jack, who, you know, I mean, the guy, he's been around forever. He's been, his career has been completely created by controversy. If it wasn't for New Jack almost killing people in the ring on purpose, New Jack wouldn't be what New Jack is. Um, People wouldn't know who the fuck New Jack was if it wasn't for him almost killing Nash Transit on purpose almost killing that other Crocodile Dundee guy or whatever the fuck his name was. That's what New Jack called him when he thought it was hilarious that he legitimately stabbed the dude with a knife over and over and over in the ring. And and this shit was like, this shit was completely okay to him. To him, that was justified. The guy tried to double leg take down New Jack. And New Jack felt the proper response to that was legitimately stabbing the guy, I think, 14 times. So for New Jack to post something like, at least I never killed anybody in the ring, is fucking, is bullshit. You know what I mean? Because... I don't think that there's a wrestler on the planet that's less professional than New Jack. Because 
I mean, you can get some shitty wrestlers out there that are dangerous to other people. But I don't know how many wrestlers really go out there with the intention that I'm going to kill this fucking guy. I'm going to go hurt this fucking guy. Oh, if this guy does something wrong, I'm going to stab him repeatedly. I don't know many wrestlers that will even go up to that that point. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's deathmatch wrestling. There's dangerous things. But when another wrestler is giving you their body and trusting you with, with every situation, and your move is to pad your ego by legitimately stabbing a guy or deciding he doesn't belong here, so I'm going to cut him. I'm going to just completely open his forehead. Um you know, and there's been other things too. Um, Gypsy Joe, he he hit him with a with a an aluminum bat in the head, straight up, no gimmick, no bullshit. And he thought that was hilarious too. Someone even asked about it because um, the biggest problem I have about this is not that New Jack said it because I don't expect anything better out of him. Um, New Jack has always been an entertaining guy because. You know, the same reason why Cops is on the air all these years. The same reason why fucking Lizard Lick Towing and Hardcore Pawn and, and all these other things where train wrecks happen, train wrecks sell, controversy sells. New Jack is walking controversy. So to me, that's that's why he has been entertaining over the years. If I was a professional wrestler, I'd be an idiot to step in the ring with him. I, I wouldn't imagine that that would be a good idea. And maybe you're on a good, you know you have a good rapport with the guy and you can trust him, well, that's on you. But, I mean, you see the guy's track record, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't paint a good picture for a guy who you can trust and a, and a consummate professional by any stretch of the imagination. Also, um, you know, and, and that's that's New Jack. That's New Jack in a nutshell. And the thing about him, too, is, um, you know, he – he thinks he's he's also a comedian. So, according to him, his way of being a comedian is the same bullshit. It's just the, um, here I go with the shock value, and I'm just going to say whatever I want, and that's going to be what I consider to be funny, which, you know, it is what it is, man. I'm a, I'm a fan of comedy. Um, I, I've seen some of his clips online. I didn't see anything that was... Um, led me to believe that he was a comic by any stretch. Um, he just said a lot of the same shit a lot of people have said. And just just was like that, you know, I don't give a fuck New Jack persona, which is, you know, not a persona. It's it's what he does. Um, but like I said, what bothered me more than what New Jack said, because, you know, then he goes on, oh, I say one thing and the whole world gets set on fire. Like, no, it's not that. You know what the issue I have? is that over 200 fucking people like that fucking status. So 200 plus fucking people, and I haven't looked at it since the day it happened, but the day it happened, he had 200 fucking likes within a couple hours. 200 fucking people have that lack of a respect for professional wrestling that they like when New Jack says, at least I never killed anybody in the ring. 200 fucking people. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's just disgraceful to me. You know what I mean? The fact that a dude lost his life and we're trying to turn it into, you know, um, like a wrongful death and, uh, you know, 
place blame on somebody, and somebody else who's in the business is going to paint that kind of light with the track record that he has, and 200 fucking people are going to go, yeah, New Jack, you're fucking right. Man, I really want that that amount of people to jump off a motherfucking bridge. I really, really do. I'm so sincere about this. I'm going to say a lot of things this show that is um, encouraging people to jump off of things. Now, if it does happen, I personally think that there's other reasons because I don't feel like I'm that influential of a person. So don't, don't um, you know, chalk it up to my fault because I'm feeling you were pretty close to there to begin with. However, um, I just, I, I just, I think it's fucking ridiculous. And you know, a, a lot of other people too should take a look at themselves because I've I've seen people posting um, wrestlers and things. If if I see one fucking person calling Ray a murderer, or one person saying that Ray killed such and such, I'm fucking bouncing them off my my friend list and this and this. And you know, it's more or less like trying to put fans in their place and, you know, fuck you if you feel this way and this and that. Well, make sure you treat the guy that's in the business at least the same. And make sure you're also not friends with fucking New Jack because he thinks shit's funny when you're telling everybody else that you're deleting motherfuckers if they think it's funny because he thinks it's fucking hilarious. So I just, you know, I just, I just want to put that out there because I, I think it's bullshit. And um, people should be a little bit more protective of, of the business that should mean something to them if they care enough about it to be in it. You know what I mean? As a fan, I care enough about it that I think that's some that's, that's complete bullshit to have people run around saying stupid shit like that for the sake of their own fucking, uh, you know, shock value comedy. Fucking ridiculous. You know what I mean? And that doesn't make me sensitive or soft or any of that shit. There's a lot of sensitive, soft motherfuckers out there, and they ain't got shit to do with this. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not offended to my core, really super upset. I don't give a fuck, man. Whatever he wants to say, let him say. But please, everybody view him in the same way that you would view anybody else shitting on the business to the extent of saying something stupid like that. Not that I feel like New Jack was holding up the, uh, <laughs> you know, the moral fiber of the business to begin with. But I'm just saying. All right. Um, let me see. Uh, well, what else? What else? What else? Um, oh, also, speaking of, of moral fiber, back to the NFL thing just real quick. Um, the Cowboys signed Greg Hardy. Now, Greg Hardy is a guy who beat the living shit out of his wife. And um, there was a police report about bruising all over the collarbone, her fucking statement saying he beat the shit out of me. This and this and this. Um, somewhere between there and the court date, somebody got paid or something happened to the point where she dropped the fucking charges. So, skating, skating completely free, even though there's police reports that'll tell a whole different fucking story. But when guys have millions of dollars, they could change a lot of shit before the court date. You know, or even with the court date and the right lawyers that'll buy you that. But, again... Whatever happens, happens. That's that's on them. But why do I have to hear the NFL every other fucking commercial break? Silence. No more silence. No more. We're not tolerating anymore. Oh, you know, uh, no, you know, all of these bullshit anti-domestic violence fucking commercials. 
when it ain't me that's beating the shit out of my wife, it's your fucking players that are doing that shit. And you guys give them a fucking pass. You guys figure out that there's not enough evidence. Oh, well, it wasn't on videotape. Well, maybe maybe dragging her body was on videotape, but the actual right hook wasn't on video. Oh, shit, you got that on video? I guess we got to take it seriously. But again, all evidence, uh, you know, within the police report and all of that shit, Said he beat his wife. If you guys are really fucking serious about that, whether he got off in court or not, you guys should be able to view that a little bit closer and say, you know what? He might have skipped out on jail, but as a as a business is trying to portray such high morals on this type of thing, we're going to go ahead and say, okay, we've had enough for you, buddy. But no, no, no. You play good football, so, you know, we'll look the other way, and then we'll try to we'll try to browbeat the fucking audience like this guy browbeat his fucking wife. And, uh, you know, hey, man, you guys are just home eating your nachos with your wife and kids and stuff. Make sure um, we drive the point home that you shouldn't just, you know, unload on the commercial break and start beating everybody up. Not that you were, but, you know, our guys were, so we really got to fucking take this turn just to make it look like, you know, we are – we're standing up for what's right. But you get all these fucking guys that are legitimately doing this type of shit. Fucking Des Bryant beat the shit out of his mom. He's hailed as one of the best fucking wide receivers in the game. And uh, hey, moving on, they hired a guy to keep an eye on him. So you got a guy that beats his mom up, and you got to get it beats his wife up on the same fucking team. And uh, it's all good. America's team, isn't that what they're called? Jesus fucking Christ. So, yeah, man, um, that is what it is. But um, I'm going to take a break and come back. I'll probably talk some uh, WrestleMania, that type of thing, because that's coming up. But, uh, yeah, let me let me go on that. All right. Fuck around, I'll introduce you to your ancestors Step to this and get left with a 
motherfuckers on the daily news. I was a gangster from the get go. Leaving bags and body bags with tags on these big toes. Just better scat when the gap don't click black. Oh, I'ma have your family dressed in all black. Just better scat when the gap don't click black. Oh, I'ma have your family dressed in all black. Just better scat when the gap don't click black. Oh, I'ma have your family dressed in all black. Just better scat when the gap don't click black. Oh, I'ma have your family dressed in all black. I rip mics and I kill beats And I'm known to milk freaks and hit them on silk sheets No dame can give me a bad name I got mad fame I'm quick to put a slug in a bad brain I be placing snitches inside lakes and ditches And if I catch AIDS then I'ma start raping bitches I'm all about making pace, kid I killed my mother with a shovel Just like Norman Bates did My old man in the past Stuck me up without a mask in his ass Cold dash with my cash fast 50 Jesus with the creep stole So the next day knocked on his into the mania and my I have some other <laughs> pretty long winded rants. But um before all that, like I said, um Rawway, New Jersey, I got my first opportunity, um, you know, much, much thanks and respect to uh Fat Frank, who's been nothing short of awesome to me. Um he, he's just been awesome. He runs a fantastic company and um and, and I gotta say straight up I mean, I attended, I attended, you know, a decent amount of Jersey All Pro shows over the years. Um, but anybody who knows me knows, as, as far as a long-term wrestling fan goes, um, I attended CZW regularly um, for I want to say eleven, eleven to twelve years, something, something in the range of that. Um, from 2001 till I want to say 2012, I think 2012 was um, was when I, when I stopped. Uh, so, uh, but you know, now I go to you know occasional shows and stuff like that, and you know more so in this this year than I have uh, you know I skipped an entire year. Um, but the thing is, is you know I attended monthly. Um, 
I missed a handful of shows over 11 years. Um, you know, I I couldn't have been more loyal. I really, really couldn't have. Uh, at the best shows, I was at the worst shows. I was um, constantly, you know, defending CZW on the message boards, and I was, um, you know, doing doing whatever, you know, whatever I always was a CZW guy. And, um, I, you know, I still have a very soft spot for CZW. I, I mean, just because of that amount of history. Um, having said that, I, you know, again, attended monthly, front row, every fucking month. I take, you know, a year and change off. I I get zero fucking respect as far as CZW goes. There's some workers that respect me and all that, and that's fine. Like, I, you know, I, um, you know, I respect that 100%. And, um, you know, I appreciate, you know, any respect that people pay me on, on that level. I don't deserve anything as far as special treatment, really. That, that's not even what I'm looking for. Even some form of acknowledgement. And again, I'm not talking over the top fucking, you know, shout me out on the mic type shit. I I just mean like I I come back last year I tried to get fucking tournament of death front row four months in advance. Best of the best, like four four months in advance. Can't fucking do it. No can do, fucking beat it. Like like I'm fucking no like, I'm fucking nobody, really, after all those fucking years. And to me, it's just, it's a slap in the face because if you're a fan that could be no more loyal than what I had done, to just be looked at like another asshole. And not to mention, I give them fucking free press and publicity on my show every fucking week. There's probably no more covered company on my show since I started this show almost five years ago now than CZW. Every single show has been covered, because even if I did miss a show, if I did miss a year, I, I watched every single show that they've done, I pay-per-views and, and what have you, and um, have still continued to, to cover CZW. Again, not really looking for over-the-top special treatment, but it's it's crazy how far in the other direction they go. I mean, they, they've gone to every, you know, every extent that they can for other people who, to me, you know, haven't done a tenth of what I have um, as far as the free promotion and the loyalty as a fan. And, you know, they, they post other people's podcasts on their, on their website and all those different things. And it's not something I ask for. It's not something I expect, but, I mean, it's it's just a little bit of um, common courtesy on some of these fronts. Something to maybe show appreciation by some stretch. If I want front row, hey, maybe not this time, but let me make sure I work that guy in for next time. Fucking Christ's sakes. The guy spent a decade in our fucking front row. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Um, not to mention that a good portion of the reason why I stopped going to CZW was because of fucking Brett Lauderdale, who is now banned from CZW. So 
would be maybe a little bit of like, hey, our bad for fucking that guy creating so much problems. You know, maybe we'll – either way. Either way you look at it. Um, what I'm trying to say is in the very short time from when I had Fat Frank on the show, he has been more appreciative in that small amount of support that I, I gave. You know, like I said, I've been to a handful of shows over the years. Um, but in that small amount of support that I gave, he has reciprocated fucking above and beyond anything that I would have ever expected, number one, and number two, anything that CZW has done in uh, over all these years, since 2001 when I started attending. So, you know, like I said, the workers have been fantastic to me. The wrestlers have been fantastic to me over the years because they see I'm a guy who's who is supporting that loyalty. So it's that loyalty. I, I'm not asking for anything from anybody. I'm really not. But when you see someone in a short span of time go out of their way to try to hook you up and to try to, you know, you know, reciprocate the support. I mean, it's just, it's really humbling and, and I can't be more thankful. It's fucking awesome. So I got the opportunity to ringside photographer, be a ringside photographer at Jersey all pros a week. I know that was like the longest intro to review review for a show, but this was bigger than just a show to me because of this. I, I mean, for two months, knowing that I was going to ringside photographer, um, ringside photograph, photographer? I don't know how to put that. Um, I was, I was so many things, anxious, nervous, just had more, um, anticipation for this show than I had for any show I've ever been to because of that. Um, so, you know, the day finally came. And obviously, you know, Chris Dickinson versus Loki on the card. You know, Loki's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He just is. I mean, as far as the indies go, it doesn't get much bigger than Loki. I've always been a tremendous fan of his. Um, and, uh, you know, Dickinson, I've always been a fan of him, too. He's been tearing shit up. And this is an absolute dream match to see this lined up like this and to know that. I'm going to be on the other side of the guardrail firsthand taking pictures. Uh, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Um, so yeah, like I said, I, I can't be more thankful. I'm, um, hopefully, hopefully going to be able to do it again in the future too, because uh, I did everything I could to, um, not step on anybody's toes and, um, you know, not getting in anybody's way and do the best I could. So I think I did it right. Um, going into it, you know, I knew Snapmare. Snapmare is another photographer for Jersey All Pro. Um, he, he's a photographer for a lot of different indie companies. I've seen him around for a long time. Uh, I talked to him a lot years ago. Uh, he's a photographer for CZW for quite some time. Um, he had called into the show in the past. Um, he's a good dude. Um, definitely a good dude. Um, another guy who I was aware of, but never, you know, I've been Facebook friends with and whatever but I've never really said two words to in person was Scott Finkelstein. And um, that was another dude that, I, you know, if you've seen indie shows, you've seen him running around the ring taking pictures. The guy's an absolute professional. And, um, you know, uh, 
wouldn't expect anything different out of the dude because, um, like I said, he's he's been everywhere. He's been around forever doing that thing. And, um, you know, he's, he's a veteran at this. Um, I, I don't know exactly when he started doing it or anything, but like I said, being around indie wrestling and everything, you, you will have seen him, you know, at, at an event. So um, there was him. And then there was the um, – there was like the – OG, I should say, uh, he's been doing it in Jersey All-Pro, um, I think longer than, than the other guys, um, possibly, uh, shit, his name is escaping me, I just asked, um, Snapmare earlier tonight, I believe it's Eric, I apologize if I'm wrong, but I believe it's Eric, now, um, like I said, I, before the show, I went up to everybody, you know, if other photographers shook their hands, you know, I, you know, told them, listen, I'm going to try to stay out of your way. If anything, you see me doing anything wrong, please let me know. You know, I'm fucking brand new to this shit. So, um, take no offense to what I'm doing. Just, you know, throw me a heads up and, you know, I'll do my best to, to change what I'm doing, you know, and all that. So, um, and, um, the one that I feel like, was kind of nervous about me being there was that dude. And um, I, I have no problem with it. I completely get it and I understand because, you know, he's been around forever. Um, yeah, Eric. And um, he's been around forever. He's been doing this. And it, that's like his fucking house. You know what I mean? So to go in there and see another photographer guy, who the fuck is this guy? You know what I mean? He's been doing it forever. And you know, a lot of this is looked at as competition. I mean, it's just like anything else, any other, you know, business or, um, you know, avenue where you see a new guy show up and you're like, oh, what the fuck is he for? You know, and then they, they just happen to be do, doing the same thing that you do. You're like, oh, fuck, man. You know, and it, he has every right to be protective of what, you know, what, and he wasn't a dick to me. He did nothing, nothing wrong. I'm not, you know, saying anything negative about the guy whatsoever, but he just seemed like a little bit nervous about another photographer being me, um, being there like, Oh fuck, he's coming again. This and that. So, you know, it was what it was, but he was very, very nice to me. And, um, you know, everything went really well. I, um, it, it, so much to get it used to because man I've always been sitting in one seat and um you know taking pictures from one fucking place whether it be oh up in the bleachers with the zoom lens or whether I'm sitting front row at CZW um that I've always been you know stationary so this you know had me move around but also I was very very cautious and I didn't want to move too too much jump in other people's spots I didn't you know so for the most part I just try to hold my position moved around when I could try to avoid wrestlers, which is, you know, Hey, a task in itself, man, they're moving around and they got some shit to do. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's way different. It was, it was so exciting. Um, it's going to be the hardest show I've ever reviewed because, um, again, way different perspective. I'm looking for shots. I'm looking for wrestlers coming at me. I'm looking to make sure that I don't interrupt anything that's going on way different from sitting back and absorbing everything, you know, and um, the normal, you know, fan experience. And um, so, but I, you know, I definitely saw everything. Um, so it started, the show started out with uh, 10 Bell Salute to Perro, um, 
after the ten bell salute, the, well, you know, the ring is surrounded by all the wrestlers. Um, after the ten bell salute, Chris Dickinson jumps in the ring, grabs the mic, and and cuts a heel promo, saying, "I don't give a shit about this. All I care about is is fucking Loki up and." why don't you get in the ring right now and this and that. It was a heel promo, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly what he said, but more or less something along the lines of, I don't care about any of that. Let's let's get it on right now type thing. And the, um, the internet was on fire after the show about this. Um, he, he, you know, interrupted the 10 belt. I'm pretty sure the belt told 10 times before he got into the ring. Um, I I mean, I could be wrong, but I thought that's the way it went down. Either way, it was a heel move. It was something to further promote and escalate what was a huge, huge main event that had already been built up by huge promos and sell himself as the complete heel. And that further solidified him as the heel in this situation because you know, Loki being such a mega face in Jersey All-Pro, and Dickinson really being a pretty big face on the indies right now, as is, and really making big waves everywhere he goes. And, you know, being controversial, you know, as, as it be, and um, especially with the whole Kimberly thing. Um, but, you know, he uh, he had to solidify himself as the heel in the situation, and he, he did just that. Um, you know, I, I saw nothing wrong with it. And that's the thing. I don't know how guys are supposed to be heels anymore if this is going to be the uh, the sensitivity of the Internet. And that was my big comparison was like, wait a minute. So tons of people are offended by this, which was a work, which was an angle, which was a heel being a heel within a wrestling show which is what he's supposed to do, but 200-plus people like New Jack disrespecting a tragic situation. So which one is it? Because you want to suck this guy's dick for being fucking edgy, and then this guy is being edgy within his character, within his job, and now you're offended. So which one do you want to be? You know what I mean? And I guarantee you there are some of those 200-something people that were also offended about the Chris Dickinson thing. And it's just it's just fucking ridiculous. Like, there, there's so many of these, these, uh, these indie wrestling fans, and I don't even want to say internet wrestling fans because it's, it's the motherfuckers that go to the shows too. You know what I mean? And I don't know, man. Like, I'm a different breed of cat. I mean, that's the best way I could say um, about this, about fucking dudes that do podcasts, about a bunch of different things in my life. I am not like these motherfuckers. And it's just, it's ridiculous. You either want someone to do their job to the highest extent or you don't. And you can't have both. You can't have both. You know, people get mad that there's no heels, there's no this. Uh, they want to call indie second rate. They want to say that you know, no one's going to the furthest extent to make the indies look big league. You try to take, you know, an angle or a feud or a storyline or something and really make something of it. And you got to kind of play with people's emotions in order to be a bad guy, right? I mean, you got to 
you know, back in the day when, you know, the heels were getting stabbed after shows, it's because they had gotten the people so riled up about what they were doing that they fucking believed it. You know what I mean? And same thing goes with Loki is a fucking ass kicker. That's what that dude is all about. He's about, I mean, he, he fucks shit up. He always has that. So if you get a guy on the other side of the ring that now the fans want to see get hurt, well, shit. Now you got your perfect main event because you get a guy, a big, strong fucking guy who, you know, is being a dick, and you get the guy on the other side of the ring that's your fucking quote-unquote hero that fucking is going to fucking bring it to him. So, to me, that's what's supposed to happen. And it's just the, the pussification of the world. It's not just the fucking internet, man. Really not just the internet. Because the internet, I mean, I guess you could include the podcasters into that shit, but there's a lot of these motherfuckers just fucking clowns. It, it, it's, it's endless. But I'll get back to that a little bit later as well. Um, so you had that. They get chased off by the uh, the Beatdown Clan, which is low-key and Homicide and MVP and Samoa Joe. Badass fucking group of dudes. Um, so then they start out with the opening match, which is a Beyond Wrestling Showcase match of JT Dunn defeating Silverant. This was a good match. Um, they did their thing here. I'm unfamiliar with Silverant. Um, the ants have definitely spread outside of Chikara. Um, I think the Silverant gimmick is more of a Beyond thing. I don't know. Uh, because it was a Beyond Showcase match, I don't. I know I'm not stretching too far as far as uh, what I'm saying, but... Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, but I like JT Dunn a lot. I, um, I'm a fan for sure. And uh, Silver Ant did his thing here too. This is a good match, great opener. I'd like to see both of these guys back in Jersey Opera. Um, the next match you had, Steve Monster Mac versus Jaka who, of the Team Pazuzu. Um, Monster Mac, you know, hey, man, half of the hit squad fucking guy has been, you know, legit for years as as a bad, hard-hitting fucking dude. Uh, you know, he cemented his name and his, uh, you know, his his status in Jersey All-Pro a long time ago. And this guy's, you know, continued to be that guy. Um, and, uh, you know, Jersey All-Pro legend from the hit squad. And, um, Heavy hitters, everything else. And uh, Jaka, man, he is, he's fucking legit. I like Jaka a lot. Um, this was a hard-hitting back-and-forth match. I thought it went down really well. I think they have, like, a rematch somewhere, JCW or some fucking where. Um, I could be wrong about the Fed, but, um, but yeah, this was good. Good stuff. Um, it wasn't a tremendously long match, but it was hard-hitting, and uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um in a five-way match, this was initially I think this was going to be Bandito, um, Joey Janela, uh, Steve Scott, and Charlie Haas was the initial match. Steve Scott was injured, um, so they were saying, you know, from the start, like depending on you know how healthy he is, will depend on whether he's in the match. And you know, I guess he's still injured, which you know, uh, you know, wish that guy a speedy recovery because he 
he fucking kills it on shows too. Him and Janelle are killed at the last year's the All Pro show. And um so, you know, he wasn't able to be in there and then something happened I think travel wise with Haas, so he was out. So I think it just kinda of forced them to just retool the match altogether. And um so this match ended up being a five way of Joey Janela, Smiley, who I'd never seen before, I believe he's from House of Glory. Um, Bandito Jr. Um, well, they wrote Smiley twice, huh? Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, they just wrote Smiley twice. But um, I'm reading off of the site and then, you know, putting my thoughts in there. Um, Janela, Smiley, Bandito Jr., Arcadia, and Kimberly. Uh, this, this was a really fucking good match. Uh, these guys killed it. They went out there. And, um, you know, put together some really good shit in the ring, a lot of great spots, um, tons of just action. I mean, it just kept going. Everybody got their shit in. Um, some cool, you know, team-up moves with, like, the, you know, running across guys' backs for the move. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, a lot, a lot of spots, a lot of action, very fast-paced. And uh, even threw in on a spot on the outside where Janela gets thrown off of uh, – like a pedestal up top that's like at least half to three quarters of the way up the bleachers. That's how high. And um, I believe he landed in a table, um, something like that. I, I couldn't see from my vantage point where he landed, but uh, that was a high fucking spot. And um, he ended up winning, which I believe was a, a light heavyweight title, uh, number one contender match, which uh, puts him in line for Black Jesus title. So that's uh, the that's another great future match, you know. And I was impressed by Smiley, too, because I had seen everybody else in this match except for Smiley. And uh, he just he just seemed very eager to impress and, um, you know, did a lot out there. And I, and I like the dude. He's got high energy and uh, some good innovation. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought he was really good. Um, next up was the addiction of Frankie Gazzari and Christopher Daniels versus the Bravado Brothers. Now, this was the first match that to me was hard as fuck to find a place to get out of the way. Um, you know, uh, I, I started to get semi-comfortable, and surprisingly enough, you know, there was five people in the previous match, but four people in the following match somehow um, was just a little more difficult for me. Um, obviously, in a tag team match, you're going to have, you know, uh, the two corners are going to have the, the guys, you know, uh, the the untagged partner, however you want to say it. Maybe that was hardly worth it. But anyway, uh, you'll have the other guy who's not the legal man standing on the apron. So as a photographer, you probably don't want to be there because they might hop off the apron, uh, you know, just to knock a guy off the apron spot. You know, there's a lot of reasons in the tag match. You're not going to want to be right there. Um, plus, to try to shoot, you know, around a guy who's standing there isn't the easiest either. Um, and then one of the neutral corners is most likely going to be occupied by the ref. So, pretty difficult. And then, again, to keep an eye on four guys to figure out where they're going to come out of the ring and, and not – um, that was my thing, man. Before anything else – like, I wanted to get shots, but before anything else, my main objective was to not interrupt any fucking thing that was supposed to happen. 
I didn't want to get in anybody's way. I didn't want to get in the photographer's way. I sure shit didn't want to get in the wrestler's way. Um, I just wanted to affect nobody. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wanted to do what I was doing. I wanted to get good pictures, but I did not want to be a nuisance to anybody whatsoever. So that was my main focus there. And, um, you know, Christopher Daniels is a guy who's, you know, an indie legend and a guy who I've been watching for years and years. And, um, you know, Kazarian as well. But, um, I mean, shit, I remember seeing uh, Christopher Daniels back in 2000 when he still had the blonde, uh, the blonde flat top. And uh, he was over in uh, Donnie B's promotion, Big Buck Promotions. And then it was uh, Phoenix Championship Wrestling. But he was, he was coming in then. Uh, you know, a whole different gimmick and stuff before the um, the huge Fallen Angel thing really started. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's a guy that, you know, being able to, photo- you know, photograph this dude, you know, it was, it was a huge uh, huge deal. And last thing you'd want to do is get in the guy's way. But, um, no, that's how the way I felt about the whole card was just trying to fucking stay out of the way. This was a good match. Um, I was pretty occupied with all those things, but um, pretty good match. Next match was even harder because this was a six-man of the Viking War Party um, with um, yeah, the Viking War Party versus the Necro Butcher and the Hooligans with special referee, Jersey All-Pro legend, low-life Louis Ramos. Um, this was not good. Um, their match the previous month, or not the previous month, but the previous Jersey All-Pro show was a lot better. Um, now, you know, I got to say this. You know, I've been saying some things, um, you know, towards the negative side of uh, of Necro for a while now. But it's the truth, man. There's, there's just a certain level of professionalism that I think these guys should be held up to. Um the last year's the All Pro Show, the anniversary show. Um, you know, I'm riding up there to Jersey All Pro, uh, to Railway. I'm on the Parkway. I'm looking at my Facebook, and on you know, on my wall right there is is Dylan Summers saying I probably shouldn't have dropped it, dropped acid two hours before bell time. I'm just like fuck, man. To be like the guys across the ring from him, that just sucks, man. I know Necro's been doing this a long time, and he can handle himself, and this and that. He's, he's you know, no rookie to taking him or doing or drinking or whatever he's doing. Sure, it's not his first rodeo, um, but in the same token, it's just such a blatant disregard for anybody else who's in the ring, and even the fans, for Christ's sakes, because they're supposed to be you know, understanding of your gimmick and everything else, but have some kind of semblance of respect for what you're doing out there as a professional. And, and to say that, hey, man, this fucking guy, oh, you see that fucking guy? And, it, you know, even if it was a page just for workers, the other workers have to see what you're up to. But, you know, being a thing that, that your fans are on your Facebook and everything else, and like, hey, everyone needs to be sitting in the crowd and going, wow, that guy's on fucking acid right now. Isn't that fucking cool? You know, what kind of shit is that? It's just bullshit. So that was the last show. And, it, you know, hey, man, like I said, the match was good. The last one was good. A good brawl. They kicked each other's ass all over the place, which prompted a rematch. Um, this one, same deal. Riding up the fucking Rawway. 
And what's on my Facebook wall? Necro saying, getting pissed drunk at such and such a bar watching NCAA basketball. And it's like, dude, he's saying that he's pissed drunk now. And we're two hours away from when he's actually wrestling. And you know motherfucking well, he's not about to stop drinking sober up and then, you know, go in there with a clear head. Shit's going to get worse. So it's just like, you know, what the fuck, man? And it shows. It absolutely shows, man. Why is it? And, you know, it's just me just looking at the, these posts and looking at the way he's been conducting himself lately and just shaking my head. Oh, man, what the fuck? Oh, he's going to be what he's going to be, but, um, you know, whatever. But when the match is over and the fans are not liking it, I, I haven't heard a positive review of this match yet. And um, the fans are chanting. Now, this is the necro butcher. This is the super over, one of the most over guys on the fucking Indies years back, the Necro Butcher, and they're chanting fucking sober up at the Necro Butcher. What does that tell you? I mean, I honestly don't think promoters should be booking this guy if that's the way he's going to conduct himself. You know what I mean? Where it's so fucking blatant that he's a hazard to anybody else and the fans can tell from the other side of the guardrail where they're chanting sober up booing because they didn't like the match and saying sober up like fuck man that's that's a rough go man i know he's made his uh he's made his name legendary on the indies and a lot of people are huge fans of him but man i don't know he's made some really really bad decisions over the past couple years from the very very public thing on facebook with you know the domestic violence and uh followed by the way he conducts himself on the fucking social media about you know, getting drunk and woe is me and and uh, talking about wanting to kill himself and then two days later he's fucking eating tons of acid and, and he's drunk here and he's waking up in this parking lot and all this crazy shit and and then just going forward like he still deserves the, the paydays and, and like the same old necro but it's not. It's really fucking not. It's a shame. It, it is. I mean years ago I was a fan and um, I really can't say the same anymore, um, you know, partially because of the very publicized uh, domestic violence. But be, beyond that, man, he does not conduct himself like a guy who wants uh, the respect of his peers or or the fans or anything. It's it's uh, it's a shame, man. What a downward spiral. And um, I think he's a liability to book. I really do. I mean, it's one thing, I, and I don't think it's it's a good thing to do. But, you know, if a guy could have a couple beers and, you know, not broadcast it to the world and not, you know, keep it super top secret, but, you know, kind of keep it uh, under his hat a little bit, you know, and, and go out there and work a match and nobody knows any different, uh, you know, hey, man, I get, it does happen in the business. Way different than, you know, getting ridiculously loaded hours before the show and all the way up into the show where, you know, the fans could fucking know. I just think it's ridiculous. And I think that has a lot to do with the outcome of the match. Anyway, uh, Black G's defeated the returning Azriel. Good to see Azriel back. And um, he retained the Jersey All-Pro Light Heavyweight Championship. This was a great match, you know, back and forth. And, um, you know, Azriel's a vet in Jersey All-Pro. And 
and Jesus has been tearing it up. Um, CZW World Champion, Jersey All Pro Light Heavyweight Championship. Um, which which reminds me, I wonder um, when they're going to uh, revisit the Jersey All Pro Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be badass because uh, they have quite a class of wrestlers under their um, in their roster right now. So it's it's going to be badass once they they kick that off. Um, so yeah, the next, uh, the next match was the beatdown clan of MVP and Samoa Joe versus Teddy Hart and Chris Hero. And, uh, Teddy had his cat and a girl and, um, yeah, I mean, this, this was, um, this was pretty good. I mean, the star power in this match is just amazing. Um, this was pretty good. Um, they kind of played the role of keeping Samoa Joe out of the ring and isolating and that type of thing um, for a little while. And um, this was good. I didn't have a big problem with it. Uh, Teddy seemed a little off. Um, I've seen better out of Teddy. A lot of the fans shit on him really heavily for that. I, um, I still think Teddy's a big asset. Um, And I, you know, I, I just think the dude is money. Um, I, absolutely despise the cat gimmick and I'm going to get into that uh, a lot more after I'm done reviewing this show Um, but uh, you know Teddy did some kind of like ridiculous spots where uh, you know MVP was like way out of the way like long before Teddy jumped and Teddy took like this this fucking flying leap <laughs> off the top rope over the guardrail to like where there was nobody there for like fucking for like a minute. You know, it wasn't like uh he jumped and the guy moved. Like the guy moved and then Teddy climbed the turnbuckle. And then Teddy I think looked back to see that there was no one there and then Teddy jumped. It was fucking silly. But you know like I said, um, Teddy's unpredictable and, and it's fine. You know, he does a lot of crazy shit. I think the cat thing's unnecessary. Like I said, I'll get more into that. But, um, you know, wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. And uh, it was great to see that, you know, that group of guys in the ring. So, um, and then uh, after the match, they started talking about, uh, you know, winning the titles and stuff and that. And um, there's no titles just yet. But, um, and then, you know, whole gimmick promo about the pussy and trading the pussy and, you know, the chick standing there, uh, you know, supposed to be like an awkward double entendre or just, you know, sharing the pussy and everything else. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, next up was the main event. Brutal, brutal, hard-hitting match of Loki defeating Chris Dickinson in the main this was thing you expected to be in more. It was fucking brutal. So fucking stiff. Hard hitting. This is this is going to go down in history. This is going to be one of those matches years later people are saying you remember that match. Um I can't wait to rewatch the match. Um anybody who hasn't seen it that I come across, I'm definitely going to, you know, put them onto this. Like you got to watch this fucking match. Um anyone who, you know, uh, um you know, anyone that maybe listens to this show that hasn't watched the match, go out of your way to get this, this show on DVD. Um, I think the last one even came out on Blu-ray. They're fucking stepping it up. Um, 
go out of your way to get this thing on any form of media, Blu-ray, DVD, and, um, you know, when it does come out. And I'll promote it, you know, when it does come out because I'm telling you, this is this is worth going out of your way to find, purchase, and see. Um, great, great stuff. Loki is uh, exactly what you'd expect Loki to be. And Chris Dickinson is, I mean, he's, He's uh, taking his position in the Indies as one of those fucking guys, you know, not to be fucked with, uh, could could get in there with anybody. And, um, you know, this was awesome. Um, After the match, you had Chris Dickinson take the loss and then go to slide in with the chair. Monster Mac comes in, takes the fucking chair. Dickinson, uh, you know, kind of slides out of the ring cautiously. Monster Mac helps Loki up, raises his arms in the air. Next thing you know, Monster Mac turns on Loki and hits him with the clothesline. And um, completely unexpected. I, I didn't see it coming whatsoever. And, uh, you know, obviously there's some alliance there now of uh, Dickinson and uh, Monster Mac. So I'm looking forward to what they do next. I'm glad they're you know, they're building storylines that showing that um you know, Frank's getting that momentum behind him and, and Jersey All Pro's turning back into the uh the consistently running company, you know, it was. Obviously, you know, it's not gonna be a monthly thing, but either way you look at it, the more Jersey All Pro you see popping up, the more of it becomes episodic, the the happier I am because um you know, the, the booking is awesome. It really is. I mean, you look at this card, you look at the, the anniversary card, and, um, you know, you, you need more guys booking shows like this. Um, there, there's so many clueless fucking promoters out there that are just putting shit together, and it's like, man, I, but I'd rather see this or I'd rather see that. And um, this, this was a very good show. Like I said, tremendously exciting for me for, you know, for my, uh, you know, involvement in it. But in the same token, I think for any spectator, that main event paid for anybody's ticket. Any money invested in this by any fan, I think you got your money's worth. So, um, so yeah, there's that. Um, I might as well separate this with a break. Uh, I'll separate this, I'll take a break, and then I'll come back and um, I'll get into... Uh, my my couple rants. All right. Why you lie about that bitch you said you fucked last week? You could have bought the funky hoe cause yo the pussy was cheap. Me and her been fucking daily since the time we met. You mean to tell me you ain't fucked that old dumb bitch yet? Get yourself a new approach and stop your lying and shit. You couldn't fuck her so I know she never sucked your dick. I ain't simple-minded nigga, put your lies on the shelf. Cause you ain't satisfying me or your goddamn self. Let me give you a for instance with this kid named Chris. Who used to say he fucked the bitch because she gave him a kiss. Stupid silly motherfucker with his crotch in his hand Telling dirty bed stories to a full grown man I had to stop him in his tracks and had to put him in check Cause he was getting out of hand and he was getting a wreck When and bought the boy some pussy nigga fucked it up Gave the trap a 20 spot she gave the shit right back But when he came out the room I had to shut Chris up Cause I'll be damned if he ain't tell me he ain't she ain't 
you stick your dick head in shit But you a pussy if you sit and tell a lie and you think So check it Known for fucking the bitch Used to leave with my rubbish And come back with an itch Even Kevin started lying When the girls got low When we asked if he fucked He ain't never said no He just laughed And told us that the job was done So we took it for granted And never questioned one Now they're sweating me I'm fucking everyone he had Or he claimed he had And it's just too damn bad That many brothers must resort To telling lies on gym Over and over again I've seen many of them Trying to front like they be mad and Bushwick's the max And any bitch that you'll attract will attest to that Too short for short fuckers, just long and stiff And a pocket full of bullets for the niggas who rip But you a faggot if you stick your dick head in shit But you a pussy if you sit and tell a line you dick So check it Good, and we be fucking shit up Too smooth to be forgotten Yo, they must want more Where the bathroom, kitchen table Sink on the floor, so check it shelter I take care of cats um, over this 14 years I've probably placed a thousand cats in homes um, and that's that's just myself I mean my shelter um, you know the shelter I, I work for has done a lot more than that I'm just saying myself cats that I have shown from the building not counting anybody else in the building adopting animals out 
Um, I pride myself on the right homes, finding um, the right home for the right cat, the right cat for the right people. You know what I mean? I'm very good at matching up things like that. I'm very good with um, cat temperament. I've, I've had cats that came in completely unhandleable, and I've turned them around, and they're laying on people's couches right now. And um, I take a lot of pride in that. I absolutely love cats. Um, it's obviously um, what I do. I take offense to a lot of different things when it comes to cat ownership. Um, one, my absolute worst, my biggest pet peeve as far as, uh, and it goes further than that. I don't even think that term describes it. I see red when I hear decline. Um, it, it's it's barbaric. It's it's an amputation. That's exactly what it is. It's um, cutting the cat's fingers off at the first knuckle. Um, imagine amputating something and then walking around on it for the rest of your life. Um, it, it's people's bullshit way about saving their couch or um, whatever. They're, well, it's an inside cat. Yeah, I don't understand what that means. So you need to amputate part of the animal because of that? Like it doesn't it doesn't make any fucking sense. If you have that big of a problem with the claws on a cat, don't own a fucking cat. Um, you could trim the nails, not that hard. Um, and, you know, you get used to it. It takes you 30 seconds, and you don't have to amputate part of your fucking animal. Uh, I've seen, you know, I could go really deep in the declawing thing. I'll just keep it brief. But, um, you know, I've seen behavioral things. Uh, I'd say probably 75% of the declawed cats that show up in shelters are unadoptable and ruined. Um, either they have such bad behavioral problems, it also creates health problems because, um, you know, obviously ups the stress and amputation ups the stress. Um, you up your stress, you lower your immune system, it opens you up for all sorts of diseases and different health problems down the road. So there's a million things that are wrong with fucking declawing, and I fucking hate it. So um, there's a lot of people that paint themselves as cat people, and they go chop their fucking cat's fingers off. Um, it's ridiculous. Um, dogs don't, don't get treated in this manner. Um, you know, I, I love dogs too, so this isn't like a, a an anti-dog statement but you know cats really get the shitty end of the stick um a lot of people cast cats out um they allow them to breed outside if you if you had wild packs of dogs running up to you on the street you know i think it'd be viewed a little bit fucking differently you know there's not litters of puppies being born under people's decks and shit like this so um over the years it's just been way more acceptable for cats to be kind of um you know, give or take or whatever. And, you know, the other thing is obviously letting the cat out, which, um, you know, is just rolling the dice. It's completely rolling the dice. Um, maybe you'll have a cat tomorrow, maybe you won't. You know, we get these jerk-offs to come into my job. Fucking, oh, well, you know, hey, um, someone stole my cat. What do you mean? Did they steal your TV, your fucking anything else in your house? No, 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 no. It never leaves the yard. So someone clearly stole it because it's not in the yard. It's like, well, asshole <laughs> your cat is far more athletic than you and you leave the fucking yard every day <laughs> you know it's ridiculous just the bullshit you hear but anyway my heart is fucking completely tied into this um this is something like i said 14 years of my life and i've always been a cat person even prior to that um so 
I take offense to shit like what Teddy Hart does. Um, Teddy Hart breeds Persian cats, um, which is a cat that, you know, has a lot of health problems. And uh, if they're overbred, which, you know, clearly things like this happen, inexperienced, uh, irresponsible breeders that are just looking to do it for money, which Teddy is. Um, yeah, I don't know the, the condition of his cats, but I could tell by the handling of his cats that he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Um, he, um, he, he said on the interview shoot thing, uh, the best friends thing that he did with, uh, Chuck Taylor and, uh, Trent, he said, uh, he made more money off of cats last year than he did off of wrestling. Um, and again, I take offense to that because, um, 1.4 million cats were euthanized in 2014. Just, just let that fucking number sink in a little bit. 1.4 million cats were put to sleep last year by shelters because, I mean, for the most part, it's overcrowding. And somebody is fucking worried about making more money off of that than, than uh, you know, whatever else that they do. This guy's a member of the fucking Hart family, and he's making more money off of cats than he is wrestling. I'm, I, I take offense to that. I really do. And And people, you know, before you know it, you, you see – one fucking asshole with a cat every time you see him. Next thing you know, people are calling him the cat guy. When it couldn't be any more of the opposite, really. Um, because nobody that actually cares about cats, the animal, uh, as, as a species, would do the things that he does. Um, in that interview, in the first 20 minutes, um, he, he's smoking a blunt, and he's just blasting the cat in the face with weed smoke. And he's doing the classic asshole stoner fucking move where it's like the cat likes it, man. You see, like, the cat, why does the cat like it? Because it can't fight and defeat a fucking, a human? Is that your theory? Is that this cat isn't fucking deciding to turn and try to conquer a fucking person that's that's 25, 50 times the size of him? That's your theory? Is this cat is so laid back that it'll let you do anything to him and you're forcing smoke into its face? I mean, come on, man. It's fucking abuse. And, you know, and and it's always like this chalked up bullshit tough guy nonsense where they get on the fucking the show and they go like, oh, don't let PETA catch this. Listen, PETA does a lot of stupid fucking shit. PETA has a lot of way over the top, way overblown shit that they're fucking crazy people. You know what I mean? Um, they They would actually rather animals be put to sleep than stay any the time like any any length of time in the shelter no matter how comfortable no matter how spacious no matter how many how much room that you give them they would still rather the animal dead than to have to be there and you know um on that real quick uh, i've sent cats into homes that have spent 10 years in the shelter and i get pictures of them and you know laying on people's couch and cuddling with their kids and fucking enjoying life and there's not much better than that to me i I just sent a cat home that has been with me for five six years and um another cat who had spent about five years in a home and was returned to us because they moved somewhere else where there was allergies so and i sent both of those cats home together and um 
you know, just got an email today with pictures and, and said, saying how great they're doing and how they're, you know, they're already part of the family and shit like that. There's not a lot better feeling than that. And then you get assholes that are fucking blowing smoke into a cat's face going, yeah, they fucking like it, dude. You're a fucking asshole. And then, you know, breeding them because it makes them money, because it's just merchandise to them, you know, it means nothing to them. And, um, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's it's fucking gross to me. And then, you know, to go from that to, you know, now I need to carry it out to the ring to me. I need to pat myself on the back and pretend that I, quote, unquote, trained this cat to do this shit. No, like you somehow built this cat's tolerance to more or less let you kill it if you wanted to without, without you know, fighting it or anything like that because, you know, the cat is pretty much defeated by your bullshit. Throwing the cat in the air. And, again, it's going to get chalked up to this asshole going, he fucking likes it. He likes it, dude. He could do a flip when I throw him in the air and fucking make him flip. Like, you're an asshole. So I just wanted to put that out there. I'm a fan of Teddy Hart. I'm a fan of Teddy Hart's athleticism. I'm a fan of what Teddy Hart brings to the fucking the business as far as controversy and um, unpredictability and innovation and all those other things that he fucking brings. As soon as he involves cats, I'm, I'm checked out. There's no fucking reason for it. No reason at all. You have all those other abilities and you have all those other assets as far as the wrestling business goes and you need a you need a living prop? Come on, man. That shit's fucking ridiculous. So I, I disapprove of that. I mean, I know it doesn't make any difference to most people out there, but um you know, I I'm photographer you know, I'm I always say that photographer sounds so retarded. Um uh, I'm photographing the match and after the match he's walking around he's got the cat and taking pictures this and that he fucking throws the cat in the air I just had to turn around and walk the other way I, I, you know I can't stomach that type of shit you know I treat animals with a lot more respect than that it's it's just uh, it's uncalled for man so anyway um, I don't know how much anybody cares about that but I I, I speak my mind I, I say what I feel um, there, there's way too many fake motherfuckers that do podcasts. There's way too many fake motherfuckers that are fans and, and just, just on the planet overall, you hear people constantly telling each other fucking nice things just because the other person wants to hear it. They don't fucking believe that. They don't, they don't believe what they're telling people. They just want to be accepted. See, I'm, I'm the guy that, you know, you have a group of people, you're hanging out, and uh, one guy's just being an asshole, and everybody else doesn't want to say anything because that's their buddy and stuff, you know? But I'm the guy to be like, hey, dude, you're being a dick. You know what I mean? I might not be that guy's favorite person anymore, but I'm I'm the one that's, you know, real enough to fucking say something to him. And and it's not like, hey, man, I find myself in these groups and I'm calling people out left and right. I'm not – I never do anything just to do it. And, you know, those type of situations, that's, I mean, partially why I don't have a lot of people hanging out with at all, because you see those type of situations, you see those type of people, and you disassociate yourself from them, because if you see that's the type of person they're going to be, well, then you'd rather not be around people that act, you know, a certain kind of way. And um, there, there's just so much um, 
just just how people are just very fucking see through on a lot of levels. And um, let me see, what else did I want to get into? See if there's anything else before I close out with my other issue here. Um, oh, um, oh, WrestleMania. Shit, let me get into WrestleMania. Fuck. Um. WrestleMania, I'm not usually looking forward to this. Uh, I gotta be honest. Fucking, you know, let me let me run down the matches real quick. Uh, I have the Fatal 4-Way Tag Match, which is the Usos, uh, Cesaro and Tyson Kidd, Los Matadores, and uh, Big E and Kofi Kingston. I honestly think this will be a pretty good match. Um, should be good. You know, four-way tag match, it'll be a kickoff, uh, you know, a non-main card match. But uh, it should be good. I hate when they make fucking title matches, non, uh, you know, non-WrestleMania matches, so to speak. I think it's ridiculous. Um, and then uh, AJ Lee and Paige versus the Bellas. I also think this will be good. Yeah. Um, I'm a bigger fan of the Bellas than most people are, and it's not just a you know a, a physical thing whatsoever. I, I think they've improved quite a bit. Sure, there's big problems you know with this one's promos, and uh, you know things will be botched, and it does happen. But um, you know AJ and Paige are, are awesome. You know girls in the ring who have improved quite a bit in the ring with you know, women like AJ and Paige, and I think the match is going to come together and be just fine. Um, so, yeah, this, this should be good. Um, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I thought this was a ridiculous idea from the start, um, and I think it's a ridiculous idea now. Um, it, it's held zero importance. Uh, I think I think last year was the first year for it, right? And that was the whole botched um, Claudio. Uh, Jesus. Um, Cesaro push where it was like he was getting the big swing over. Uh, he was actually getting like a big pop on the big swing that looked like they were turning him face. They, they made him win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and then he just fucking took another heel turn after heel turn after heel turn. He turned heel into turning heel and um, just kind of lost any momentum that they built up for him. And then, you know, later on, Vince was told of millennials and blah, blah, blah. But either way you look at it, I, I just, I don't think that there's any purpose to it. If they made something out of it, I guess. But uh, you got, I don't know, um, uh, Damien Mizdow and uh, Mark Henry and Ryback and all sorts of people in it. Uh, Sheamus, and, you know, but I don't know that could be completely worthless or, you know, maybe somebody in there will make something out of it. I guess we'll see. Um, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has been an absolute workhorse. Uh, Randy Orton is a good wrestler. I mean, uh, I think depending on who he's in there with, I've seen many, many Randy Orton versus John Cena matches that fell completely flat. And I feel the same way about Cena. I think depending on who Cena's in there with, will depend on how entertaining the match is. I don't think Cena's a bad wrestler. I think that's a crazy statement after all the years of him, you know, being where he is. Um, I think he he can become stale 
Um, he could become, you know, uh, unentertaining and, and not really an exciting wrestler to watch. But I don't, I don't feel I'd, I'd call him a bad wrestler. I think that's fucking crazy. But um, uh, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins should be good because Seth has been doing everything in his power to um, to impress, and he has. And I mean, he's really completely cut out for a face turn. So let's see how long that takes to actually happen. Uh, he still has the money in the bank. I don't know about him winning the title off of that money in the bank. I don't know about that. Uh, he's got um, a couple months because the money in the bank pay-per-view is the last uh, opportunity to cash that in. I don't remember what month that happens, but it, it's coming up within the next couple, I think. And uh, But, yeah, I think they'll actually turn uh, turn something out of this match. Um I kind of wish it had a stipulation because, again, Rollins just goes so above and beyond that, um, you know, it's going to be something else. Um, yeah. Then you got uh, Rusev versus Cena for the United States Championship. I think Cena's going to go over this match, and um, he's going to get the U.S. Championship. So I wonder, um, you know, what's their direction with Rusev? They've held him off to being, you know, more or less undefeated for all this time. I think, you know, it's time to dethrone him that way. Um, are they able to keep his momentum? Are they able to keep his building, his importance after the loss? That's that's the big thing. Or does he just really start to drop down the ladder? Um, I mean, if you remember what happened to Ryback after Ryback was super fucking over, and then they put John Cena over him, and then they just kind of just dropped him right off the card. I mean, um, he just wasn't the same after that. So um, I'm hoping that Rusev uh, is able to keep some kind of momentum and uh, stay strong, as they say, after this this loss. Because, you know, and and I hope that um, they actually do take it seriously and keep John Cena as the the U.S. champion for a little while and, and make that division strong. You know, make make all these titles mean something again. Why does every title but the world title need to be a curtain jerker or a dark match? You know, make make these titles fucking mean something, for Christ's sakes. And if they put Cena, that big fucking mainstay babyface, yeah, quote-unquote babyface, um, either way, flagship of WWE, on the U.S. title scene, it's going to force that title to mean something. So I, I'd like to see that happen and uh, to be... Uh, you know, continued in, in a good way and keep that caliber of, of guy on the that title for a while. Um, Undertaker, Bray, Bray Wyatt. I have no fucking idea how this is going to go. Um, Bray Wyatt works hard as hell. I love Bray Wyatt. Undertaker, absolute legend, obviously. But, um, man, last year's match was painful with Brock Lesnar. He had a hard time getting around. Um you know, he took that loss. I do not expect Undertaker to take another loss this year. So I do expect him to go over, but um, how is this match going to perform? How is this match going to come through physically? I I have no idea. This has the makings to be another horrible fucking match um, with the Undertaker having a hard time getting around. He's been out of the ring for a year. I don't know. This guy could have done, you know, DDP yoga and, you know, uh, been doing cardio since uh, last year's WrestleMania. I have no idea what he's capable of at this point. You know, he's up there in years and everything else. So, obviously, you know, all signs would point to him being just as 
you know, banged up as he was last year. But, but who knows? Uh, a year is a long time. So, you know, I, I hope for the best. I'm just trying to be optimistic towards this. I'm not expecting much out of it, but who fucking knows? Intercontinental Championship ladder match. This match is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this match quite a bit. Um, it's uh, Luke Harper, Stardust, R-Truth, um, Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryan, Bad News Barrett, Dean Ambrose. I think that's everybody. A lot of motherfuckers. Um, this is going to be entertaining. It's going to be very entertaining, and um, I'm looking forward to that match. Um Sting vs. Triple H, I could give a shit about this match. I really don't give a fuck about this match at all. Um, Sting was a big, big fucking deal in WCW 15 years ago. I don't understand why this is even happening. I mean, I understand it took this long to get Sting, but having Triple H play the guy who killed WCW when he's not the guy who killed WCW... Um, WWE as a whole did, but the the main flagships of WWE you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. I mean, come on, man. That, that's those were the driving forces as far as who was winning that fucking thing. I mean, Triple H was a huge heel and DX and all of this, but let's be fucking honest. I mean, as far as the faces, the people who who led the charge as far as taking out WCW and the ratings and everything with Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Rock. That's the bullshit. Um, you know, he was, he was, um, he was a supporting actor. He, he didn't have a leading role in that. Definitely supported, you know, but, um, you know, now it's, those two guys aren't, aren't there. And it's, you know, this many years later to try to rehash it and, Stephanie, I, I barely watched any Raw, but um, I've almost completely quit that show. But I will watch the one after Mania because usually it's better than Mania. Um, you know, Stephanie telling the promo and, yeah, we killed WCW. In case you don't remember, WCW is dead. And it's like, oh, fuck you already with this. You know, I like WCW. There's nothing that this match is going to do to rectify that situation. There's nothing that Sting winning isn't going to go, yeah, one for WC. Like, like out of here with this bullshit. He's, he's old. And, I mean, well, I, I just don't care. Um, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns just got a shitload more interesting, didn't it? Because Brock Lesnar re-signed or resigned, depending on whose status you read, because most people are typing that he resigned from the WWE. And you will not see Brock Lesnar in Mania because he resigned. But no, he re-signed for, I think, three years, which is fantastic, man. Um, Brock Lesnar is one of the main things I I love to watch on WWE. He has busted his fucking ass. Has he been there every week? Has he been there every month? No, no. But has he fucking put on a great fucking match and an excellent performance every time? He has shown up. I'd have to say absolutely. So um, that's that's that. That's mania. I think this is going to be awesome as far as uh, Brock Lesnar actually still being mania. I think this isn't. I, I obviously 
with all signs pointing to Brock Lesnar being gone after Mania, you know, there's no way you keep the title on him, right? Unless you do the whole, okay, he's gone, now we're going to hold a, you know, strip him and, and hold a tournament. or yeah, But that just leaves you in an awkward position. So this leaves it open to who's going to win type of match. And I, I don't think that they, they take it off of Brock. Not through Roman Reigns, at least. But, um, you know, it definitely, uh, you know, it definitely leaves uh, a lot up for uh, debate. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to watch WrestleMania. I'm not looking forward to it that, that much because, like I said, I mean, everything considered, the strongest card in the world. Some of the lower card stuff is the things I'm looking forward to most. and um, you know, but hoping for the best. Saturday is my birthday. I turned 37. And uh, so, you know, good fucking birthday weekend. I'm going to head out to AC. Uh, next day, Sunday, come home. I got, I got mania going on. So, you know, hey, it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, And then, you know, I, the final stretch towards my uh, my races. I think uh, yeah, my birthday will be 20 days away from, from my first race, so I'm, I'm gearing up for this shit. Um, all right. Um, so here's the part of the show. I'm just about done. But here's the part of the show where I normally plug other shows. This will not be happening so much so, even though I'm going to mention their names, so might as well be plugging let me explain. Um, I, you can go back and listen to all of my shows. All of them. All of them. Since I've started plugging the shows that I've plugged, I have not missed a show. Because to me, if you have some sort of agreement or if you have some sort of friendship, quote-unquote friendship, or working relationship with another podcast, um, it would make the most sense to continue to plug them. And I don't think it's it's something that just completely slips your mind unless it's not important to you. To me, that's that's the main thing to me. The main thing to me is if it's not important, you can forget anything. You can forget anything that doesn't mean shit to you. Okay. So, let's start off with the main shows that I have plugged over time. The main shows I have plugged over time has been Wrestling Soup, has been The Sports Den, has been Stern Nation. Um, I was also plugging uh, Women Love Wrestling because, you know, when they were doing the show, they would plug me back. And this and this. And this was like the working relationship we had with with all of these shows. Now, one thing I will say above and beyond, and this is one dude that I would do anything for, and this is the 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 highest exception to everything that I'm saying here. This is the example of how when you give a fuck about somebody and when you actually care about what you're talking about and you have some interest in doing 
a cooperative favor for each other that you don't forget. And that guy is Andrew Carluck. Andrew Carluck is a guy who's done Stern Nation, you know, and I've I've been a fan of the show from the start, um, which I'm going to get to that topic in a minute. Um, but when you listen to um, – he's on a little bit of a hiatus now. Um, his host, Stephanie, has, you know, a bunch of different stuff. She's been really busy in real life, so it's hard to do, like, a consistent show. You know, Howard Stern does, uh, you know, three days a week. And, you know, to review it every week, you, you, I mean, you got to stay on it. And then it, I guess it it does, and I don't want to speak for them, but it does become tough because even if they did one a month, man, how long is this show going to be where you got to review, you know, 12 Howard Stern shows at four hours a piece? I mean, it's it's got to be pretty tough even to catch up. It did have a day or so here and there. So they do them occasionally. And I think uh, Andrew's doing false count radio now, but I don't, I got to find out the schedule for that. Um, so I can, you know, uh, properly promote that. I, um, and, and this is one dude's like, I'll never stop promoting whatever Andrew has. But if you had listened to Stern Nation, when Stern Nation was on, you might, the, as soon as you turn it on, you might um, miss, you might confuse it for Yakuza Kick Radio because Andrew did such an above and beyond thing as far as plugging my show. Not only did he plug the show at the end, he would play my commercial to start the show. So you, before you even heard his theme music, you heard Yakuza, Yakuza, you heard my shit starting. So it sounded like my show was starting despite the fact that you were listening to Stern Nation. And everybody listening to that that weren't even wrestling fans were just Howard Stern fans. The first thing they heard was my promo. And I I can't even verbalize how much I appreciate the above and beyond he's gone for me. And on top of that, allowing me to host an entire month of my show on on his feed. Because I didn't, I didn't have the money to, to pay for my shit. So this guy has looked out for me above and beyond and has been absolutely legit. That's Andrew. Um, and before I go further, I'm going to go, you know, into every the others. Um, but let me also, and this is why, like I've said a, a million times, that um, I'm a lot realer. I'm a lot more genuine than a lot of these podcasts because I don't plug shit that I don't listen to. I wouldn't plug a bunch of podcasts and not know anything that's going on with them. To me, that's shitty. Imagine I plug wrestling soup and Hey man, maybe, you know, a couple of you guys go over there and you listen to wrestling soup and you go through the couple hour show and you're going over there because you listen to this. And believe me, I don't think that I account for uh, a single percentage. Like I don't, I don't account for one percent of their listenership. They have tremendous listenership, so I, I'm aware that they don't need me. That that part I'm very, very aware of. But just say a couple of people that listen to Yakuza Kick Radio on a regular basis go over and listen to them. They go through the whole show and then, you know, listen and go, hey, man, that, that was pretty good or I didn't like it or whatever the case is. 
but also go, hey, they didn't even mention the Acoustic Cake Radio. That's fucking odd. You know, and um, that that to me is not a good it's not a good look. So, moving on to the sports den. The sports den are good dudes. I have had um, all of the 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 hosts of that show um, except for Roy. I have not had Roy. Roy has a um, a very busy. Um, schedule even on the sports fan he has like a certain time to call in a certain time he's got to go um because he's got a very busy schedule he's a great dude but um i I haven't had him on my show excluding him i've had paul dube uh nick two scoops and i had um christian on my show many a times and i will have them on again um from time to time they they might forget to plug me um they've been on quite a hiatus themselves um and admittedly, and I've said it many times while plugging them, I don't listen to their show if it's not football season because I don't give a fuck about baseball or hockey or, you know what I mean? So college stuff, I, I just don't care. So why would I listen to, you know, a couple hours of something about a topic I'm not into? So, you know, I'm very honest about that. But, again, I'll listen to the things that I'm telling you about. I, I could, you know, it, to me it makes sense. Why would I tell you to do something that I wouldn't do? It doesn't make any fucking sense. So, you know, much respect to those dudes, and, you know, they've always been good to me as well. Now, on the Wrestling Soup. Wrestling Soup, um, Mish has done a lot for me and talked to me a lot over the years, and, you know, he's very, very good on the audio end of things. He's, he's um, you know, helped me work through a lot of different, te- you know, technical difficulties and things I have no clue on. He is very, um, he is very well-schooled. He's gone to school for that type of thing. So his knowledge of that type of thing is tremendous. I mean, he has a ton of, of knowledge. He really does. Um, one of the things that pisses me off the most about all this computer stuff and the podcasting and stuff like that is I'm, I'm a very on the ball type of guy. I have things under control. Um, I'm not a guy who, who I'm not clueless. I'm not ever, the guy who isn't on top of things and doesn't, I'm very aware of my surroundings. Um, I'm very good at, you know, troubleshooting situations. I might not be um, mechanically inclined or super, super book smart, but I'm a very on the ball, um, fast thinking, you know what I mean? I'm very aware of my surroundings. There's not a lot of things that people get past me. You know what I mean? I'm not just, outsmarted that way so one of the only times that i really feel like helpless is technology when the computer stuff and i I, it it really legitimately gets me like really fucking angry because i'm i'm helpless i can't i don't know the ins and outs i i can't think my way through this situation we're in normal like everyday life things and how do we do this and what should we do about that like yeah i'm able to manage things pretty fucking well you know what I mean? And even just, you know, communications with different people and stuff like that. And, I, you know, I'll talk to different people about a situation. I, I hear a lot of, well, I never thought about that. Oh, I hear a lot of those things when I'm talking to people in life. And as far as computers go and that type of things, I'm fucking clueless. And that's that's something that pisses me off. Now, over time, you know, Anthony has helped me quite a bit with those type of things. Um, I don't know if that has ever 
translated to him of me being a clueless person or stupid or naive or any of those things. I don't think he's gone out of his way to do anything negative towards me. And uh, Joey's a good dude too, but I, you know, I've only had, you know, um, conversations with him, you know, here and there on the, uh, you know, on the Facebook and this and that. I had him on the show once or twice. Um, but Mish, you know, he was, he was more my closer connection with, you know, wrestling soup and everything. Um, the problem is, is, you know, I would stop getting plugs and, and it would, Again, I never, ever forget to plug their super successful multi-thousand downloaded show every week on my little show. Never forget. Why is that? Because I cared. And because I did listen to their show, and I did want to promote their show. Weeks would go by where I wouldn't hear a plug, and I'd let a week go by, and, hey, maybe they were busy, whatever. And, you know, I give people the benefit of the doubt to a flaw because it's tit for tat, man. And if we're supposed to be cool and I'm plugging you every week, you would know I'm plugging you every week, first off, because maybe you'd be listening. But I don't think there's been three shows over the almost five years I've done shows that they've actually listened to, other than maybe the ones they've been on, maybe an occasional interview. I know uh, Mitch listened to my Chris Hero interview. Um, I I can't speak for a lot of other shows, and I definitely know consistently it doesn't happen. They don't listen. Um, That's fine. I mean, that's fine. I'm not saying that everybody needs to listen to my show. It would be nice, but, you know, again, I think a working relationship, you know, if I tell you to check some shit out, I'd probably check it out. Um, But, you know, a couple weeks would go by, I'd send him a message like, hey, man, uh, you know, I'm still doing a show, right? Or, you know, hey, like, uh, I haven't heard my, the name of my show on you. Like, oh, I'm so sorry, dude. Oh, fucking sorry. And then I'd get plugged for a little while. And then I'd fall off again where I wouldn't get plugged for a while. And, it, like, I mean, sometimes he'd, he'd, he'd mention on the show, oh, you check him out on uh, Thursdays or check him out on Tuesdays just like a random day that my show does not take place on. And it's like, come on, dude. I've been doing this shit for as long as you have, as far as the wrestling soup and the Yakuza kick radio started right around the same time, about five years. And, you know, I mean, give or take, maybe a little longer. And they were doing other shows and stuff like that. Mitch was doing other shows before me. So I'm not saying, Hey, we started this again. You know, I'm just saying like, been a long time for you to be on the ball with it you know it's it's pretty easy again if you cared you'd know um and then different things were oh yeah i think he's on a hiatus and it was like dude i just did like fucking eight weeks in a row i I took a week off nine weeks ago and you're telling people on your show that i'm on a hiatus so not only you're not fucking plugging me sometimes sometimes you're telling people i'm not even on which is worse than not plugging me (laughs) Because, you know, I'm checking him out yet because he's still not doing it. And, you know, it just, to me, came off as shitty. And, you know, more and more you hear more and more people showing up on their show and more and more plugs, more and more plugs. They're plugging like eight different shows now, and I'm not one of them. It's been a couple of weeks since he's plugged my show. And this time I decided I'm not reminding anybody that I exist anymore. I'm the one plugging you every week, and I never have to be reminded that you exist. I don't have to remind anybody, you know, 
<laughs> Nobody has to remind me that your show's on every week on Thursdays because I fucking listen to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's in my iTunes, and I generally get around to listen to it at some point or another in the week. That's how I know you're not fucking plugging me. You know what I mean? So, to me, hey, man, like, there's a lot of shows, and they seem to be, like, really, really high on this fucking Salamonster guy because uh, this this guy has really high ratings. So, they're treating this guy like Jesus Christ. And it is what it is, man. Like what you like. Be into who you're into. But they're treating this guy like the next coming. And, um... They have like a, like I said, like probably six shows or something that they're plugging. That's that's not me. Um, all I could say as far as that stuff goes is you can remember who was there from the fucking start. You can remember one of the very few people from the fucking start. It was me. It was the sports den. It was Stern Nation. It was Women Love Wrestling. At one point or another, and he would plug Don Tony and Kevin Castle. And at one point or another... Those were the only fucking plugs. Not saying you can't plug other shows. I don't give a fuck what you plug, what you listen to, who you're into, whatever the case is. But it's funny when it goes from you're really down with these fucking people to, oh, I forgot. Eh, forgot again. Oh, my bad. Uh, you know, I, I guess I forgot you again. You know what I mean? And it's just it's just bullshit because I'm the asshole that's fucking mentioning your show every week. And again, I don't think it fucking scratches the surface as far as people listening to your show, but probably makes a little bit of difference to me if you did mention my show. And, you know, just going, hey, you could kick radio every week, fine, but if you knew a little bit more about it, you can go, hey, he's got this guy on. Hey, fucking last week he had a show with this. You should go check that archive out. Or you, should, you know what I mean? There'd be a little bit more of that if it was an actual uh, cooperative situation, but it's not. And honestly, it never was. There was a little small period of time where it sounded a little more believable on that end, but I was always the legitimate and, um, loyal and fucking, um, legitimate guy. You know what I mean? Authentic, legitimate dude. That was, that was me. You know what I mean? That's, that's how I was plugging and putting shit over authentically and legitimately so it is what it is and um you know if i hear my name mentioned on their shit i'll mention their name back but that's as far as it goes right now i'm not getting into a whole bashing or this or that i'm just saying how it is you know and that that's what it is anyone feel free to listen to anything you want but there's no reason for me to tell people every fucking week to listen to somebody else that doesn't give a fuck if people listen to me so um there's that the other one is the We Want Blood podcast, and we go along the same lines. This is a recent thing. You know, I listen to these guys. Uh, they have very, very different opinions on a lot of the same topics that I cover. Um, I disagree with them highly on a lot of different things. As I've said, I am a different breed of cat. I am nothing like these dudes. You can see that. You can listen to my show. I got some <laughs> – I'm not going to put anybody on blast but I got quite a few comments and private messages about the difference between me and that dude when the dude was on my podcast. Um, I went on their podcast. Uh, he came on my podcast. Um, initially, when I sent him a message saying, hey, man, you guys do a pretty good show, this and that. Um, and this is me trying to be nice. And I, I will take credit for myself a little bit on this one and say, you know what? 
I do think I fucking make a difference as far as what who listens to their show. They might have their little audience or something like that, but, dude, I've been doing this shit for five years, so believe me, I've done a lot more in fucking podcasting than the two of them have. So I'll put that out there right fucking now. So I might not scratch the surface of what fucking Wrestling Soups listeners are, but believe me, I think I got a little bit more respect in this motherfucker than what the We Want Blood podcast does. So I I just got to put that out there fucking first and foremost. And... My my problem here is there's another show that hasn't plugged me in two weeks. Now, the weird part about that is I hadn't met these guys in person until two weeks ago. So it'd be a weird fucking time to forget to plug somebody after you meet them for the first time when you were plugging them the week before when you had never met them, right? Isn't that weird? To me, it's fucking weird. Um, and I'll also mention, you know what else is weird? Um, when I listen to their show, because that's what I do for people I plug, when I listen to their show about this past week, they did two fucking very strange things. One, they attended the Jersey All-Pro show, saw them. Um, they started off by saying, we attended the Jersey All-Pro show. We're not going to, we're not going to review that show. Uh, this match is good, that match is bad, but we're not going to review the show. And just moved on. What the fuck podcaster goes to shows and then decides that we're not going to review it? And doesn't even give like a reason why you're not reviewing it. You're just, just not doing it. I don't really understand that. But you review countless women's wrestling federation cards from top to fucking bottom, giving high praise to every single match on the card. But you get a a card like Jersey All Pro, and you just just don't want to waste too much time on your podcast with it. That's that's strange. That's very strange. Um, and also, I was mentioned, but I was mentioned by them reading word for word my post that I made about um, the Chris Dickinson um, New Jack comparison. Why? Um, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm not going to read it off of my. I have to go pull it up and shit. Um, why, you know, why is it okay? Why is it that, um, you know, Chris Dickinson's getting bashed for doing something in a wrestling ring, um, a heel gimmick in a wrestling ring, that, you know, that's his job, yet 200 people, you know, like what New Jack did. And I said, you know, um, the wrestling fans or, or something about, the internet is full of um, soft punk pussy motherfuckers or something like that, I said. Um, they go like, they're talking about things, and at some point he goes, oh, do you want to read it? Do you want to read it? Do you, uh, should I read it? Uh, do you want and the other guy, uh, Tyler, he's like, yeah, yeah, read it, read it. He goes, oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Um, uh, J.K. Morris, uh, he, put, he wrote this. Uh, it's kind of funny. And then he read it word for word. And then he paused, and he said, weird. And then he just got into another fucking topic. And it's like, what the fuck? First off, there wasn't, hey, J-Cat, our friend J-Cat Morris from Yakuza Gig Radio, or, hey, it was good seeing J-Cat again. You know what I mean? For a guy you've only met twice, we've been on each other's shows, and neither one of the times that we met in person over the past two weeks you've even mentioned on your, your show, hey, hey, got a chance to meet that fucking dude that's been on our show. Again, I'm not, you know, 
it doesn't mean that much. But the fact that that, that shit is excluded from your all-important fucking show, when I would mention it in all my shit, it's just fucking strange to me. You know what I mean? And again, I'm a fucking dude that listens to your shit. Chances are you won't even hear what the fuck I'm saying right now because you don't listen to my shit. If you do, you do. I ain't fucking, you know, there, there's no worries on my end. There's definitely no fucking worries on my end. I'll continue to be at fucking places you're at. And, you know, I mean, like, this isn't any kind of challenge or anything like that. I'm just telling shit straight because that's what I do. That's that's what I do is I tell people straight how the fuck I feel, whether you like it or not. Um, but, you know, the honesty is, is I've gone out of my way to plug fucking things. And you would think, you would think, too, again... I don't need no high praise. I don't need you to have a half-hour segment on, on what J-Cat's up to and shit. But you figure, you know, hey, man, fucking, if I if I was doing a show with them, right, I had the dude on my show. Uh, they had me on their show, right? You would think I, I would, okay, here, let me switch the roles. We do each other's shows. All of a sudden, um, fucking Christopher... I see, wow, fucking, he's doing ringside photography for a show I'm attending. Shit, that's pretty cool. In my review or my talk-up of the show, at some point I'll probably be like, hey, dude, that that guy that was on my show, fucking cool, he was doing ringside photography, who knew? You know what I mean? Not that that I need you to mention that, but just different things like that. It's just kind of weird how all that shit gets left out. You know what I mean? It just... It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And it's just, like I said, the authenticity of stuff. And if you had a problem, you should have said you had a problem. But you stand there and you talk to me, and yeah, yeah, buddy, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then it gets to your show, and then it's just like, well, we won't mention that fucking guy today. And you guys sit next to each other in your fucking bedroom, and there's never a conversation about, like, hey, why didn't we mention fucking Jake at all? Oh, there probably is, but you're probably not going to say it. You know what I mean? And it's, this is this is what I mean. Motherfuckers that are fake and completely see-through. Um, you don't owe me anything. I don't owe you nothing. But when you get into a situation like this where there's some kind of mutual respect, or at least you think there is, and then somebody acts funny as fuck and tries to act like you're disposable and like you don't really deserve a plug or a shout out or anything like that cuz there's other more hey man it is what it is but like i said i'm only going to mention what i feel um needs mentioning which is not that anymore um it is what it is uh, like i said i'm i'm very available man i i am not an internet thug i am not a fucking ball talk type of dude man i <laughs> I am very, very capable of um, being honest in any situation. I, I don't, I don't say shit just to say it. I don't do shit just to do it. I'm almost a 37 year old man, and I keep it as real as fuck with you. Not because it's cool to do that. Not because that's what you want to hear. Some shit I say you might want to hear. Some shit I say you might not want to hear. That's the thing about a lot of honest people. True, honest people don't have a lot of friends because your friends don't want to hear the truth about themselves. You know what I mean? That type of shit happens a lot. Um, There's some people that will see it for what it is and go, man, that person speaks the fucking truth. That, That person speaks the truth according to them. 
not hey, I am I am the Messiah and everything I say is the truth. No, but you know that what I say is heartfelt to me. You know I'm not manufacturing anything to pad your feelings. You know what I mean? I'm humble enough to tell you when I'm wrong. And if I feel strongly about something that you're doing or against something you're doing, I'm going to tell you about it, man. And it doesn't have to be like this fucking meet at the edge of town and you know, 10 paces and draw. I'm just saying, man, I am what I am. And I don't like when other fucking people are fucking see-through fake motherfuckers. And, and that's that's basically... A lot of what I see on fucking podcasts, everybody's got their little gimmick name, and everybody decides how what they want to portray, what kind of fucking dude they want to look like on the podcast, and then they they see you, they figure out how, how they want to portray themselves. You know what I mean? It, it, it's it's all good, man. Everybody's gonna be who they be, but you know, I I've said it a bunch of times, and it's not something that I made up. A real recognized real, a lot of motherfuckers are looking unfamiliar to me. So it is what it is, man. Take that for what it is. Um, I think that's about all I got. I'm going to um, I'm gonna see what's going on as far as next week and a guest. Maybe I'll have a guest and uh, get somebody that I could uh, yap about mania to. You know, maybe not. Who knows? But I'm going to have Mania to cover. I got my birthday on Saturday. So, you know, some AC shenanigans. Maybe I'll come on here and tell you I won tons of fucking money. Chances are I won't. Um, I'd, I'd bet on that. That'll be my first correct bet is that I'm not going to win in betting. I'm also not going to lose a ton of money because then I'm, uh, I'm stubborn that way. I give you 40 of my dollars and I get nothing back, I stop giving you money. <laughs> you know, uh, there's a certain uh, addictive mind state that I do possess, but uh, you got to start giving me money before I decide that uh, it's a good idea to keep doing it. So, um, you know, we'll see. I plan on having a good time. Um, I had a great time at Jersey All Pro. Uh, just, just phenomenal shit going on over there. And uh, I just want to continue to see these guys uh, – on the, on the roll they're on. So, um, I think that's, that's about all I got. Like I said, if, uh, Andrew was doing a show I knew about, I gotta, I gotta talk to him, figure out what's what there. Cause you could definitely check that fucking guy out. And, um, and, um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's about all I got. Um, as I try to waste time and, uh, still can't find my motherfucking, All right, here we go. All right, I'll check you motherfuckers out next week. Peace.